This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, Let's Talk to Lucy. Hi, this is Lucy, and again today, my guest is Mr. Gene Kelly. Hi, Lucy. Hi, doll. Mr. Kelly is a very important part of our entertainment world out here. He's sort of a triple threat man. He started as a dancer, he became a choreographer. He was a very fine actor, a director, producer. He's now about to make a very big adventure story called Beau Geste. And he's looking forward to it. We talked about that yesterday. And uh, some of his aspirations I uh, got out of him yesterday. Today, Gene, I would like to ask you a little bit about your home life. Where do you live now? I, I live in the same house I've lived since I got out of the Navy on, on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. And um, uh, speaking about producing, I just produced another child <laughs> seven months ago. That's, uh, that's my latest production. A little girl, no, A little I girl. Her name is Bridget. It's a Swedish girl. No, yeah. uh, Bridget. Bridget <laughs> Kelly. Of and course. Bridget I, Kelly. Yes, I have a boy, Timothy. And an How old, old is Timothy now? Oh, Timothy will be three in March, March uh -huh. 3rd. And I have an older girl who just graduated from college, Carrie. Wow. She's the egghead of the family. She's a scholar. She's going to be a psychologist. She's now taking graduate work. Uh -huh. And I say with uh, very immodest pride, she graduated magna cum laude. She's Phi Beta Kappa. Wow. She's a very bright girl, and, and she's going to be what, what they call a lay analyst. She's going to work with children. Isn't and that marvelous? It is. Well, I'm very proud I remember of her. her when she was a little girl. Oh, sure you do. I brought her to the set a couple of times when we were working. Is she in love? Is she going to get married? Uh, she she talks about it, you know, the, every once in a while, but she's, um, she's had different boyfriends at the present time. No intention, no. It strikes me, Gene, that you have had a crack at two generations of families. Yes, yes, indeed. And uh, Do you think you uh, will... Well, I'm a family. anything from the last one? Or I'm, a, I'm a family man. I, I love being married, and uh, I love having a family. Families, the, uh, the more the merrier. Are you a good father, Gene? Well, I beat the kids when I come home from work. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, what kind not. of a question is that? It's now, I a think, good question. I think if you love your children and love, and love being with them, that, you, that you're a good father. The, the, uh, the mistakes that I make are, are honest ones, like every father and every mother makes, you know. And that's a wonderful and, uh, answer. But that's, they're, they're honest ones, and I, I certainly uh, make them. But uh, all you have to do, basically, is love the children and want to have children around. I, I, wanna, I like them around, even when they wake you too early in the morning after yes. you've been out. It's, it's good. Minor things. <laughs> what kind of a wife is your idea of the ideal? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. The old expression: the man wants uh, a very, a very uh, ladylike woman uh, in in the living room, and a, a different type of person other places. I think still holds good. But but the basic thing that that the average man wants, and I I say the average man because out here in California, Southern California, we're not living in the average way. You know, we all. We're all highly paid. We're all specialists in our own point of view. We're not average any more than the, than the senators and the representatives who work in Congress in Washington are average. They, are, they have a different point of view than the average person. But the average man, let's get back to him. I think he needs a wife who he can admire at the same time really gives him what he needs most, and that's affection, love, and respect. And 
if you have that, you've got the best of all possible things. The ideal wife doesn't exist. You know, that, that's, that's not, it's nice to talk about. But uh, it's very important that a woman make a man feel this way. I have that kind of a wife. I really do. Good. Yes, I'm very, very lucky. You mentioned uh, yesterday, we were talking, too, about the, oh, sort of utopia that we live in out here, especially when you speak of finances, Gene. I think this is a fallacy. Uh, highly paid, yes. Overpaid, yes. But for retaining power when it comes to money, no. Those of us that you have been mentioning uh, as being highly paid and overpaid and and all that, uh, we can't keep any of this money. When you speak of wealth, the old family in America, the old families who really have the wealth and never get any of the publicity about it, as a result, never suffer because of their wealth, and they have real wealth, I think that this should be mentioned. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about it a minute. I, <clears throat> when, I, when I speak of, I, I don't like the term overpaid because I don't think any of us are overpaid. I use the term highly paid uh, in conjunction and analogous to the, the rest of the, the, the country for time consumed and services rendered, but overpaid, no. The, it's true that the, the landed gentry in America, the old family, the Astors, the Rockefellers, the Kennedys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And a few uh, old ladies in Pasadena. Oh, sure. They will never have the wealth, never have the wealth that they have because we work uh, the, the way we do and we get paid the way we do. However, compared to the, the rest of the country, we're in a very good position. Our salaries, even though the, the government does take them away, are still higher than the average by a, a great deal. But we always have to keep working. Yep. How do you feel about those of uh, in our profession who uh, express their political views? I think that's all right. I have. As you know, I've, I've been a long-time Democrat. Now, I, I always said to the studio heads who said, well, look, if, you're, if you say that I'm going to vote uh, for Lyndon Johnson, the people who wanted to vote for Goldwater won't come to see your pictures. They'll dislike you. I don't think the American people are like that. They, they, they want you to have an opinion. I think if, a, if you pay your taxes and you're a citizen of the community, you have as much a right to, uh, to contribute to a campaign or to stand up and make a speech as anybody else. I certainly don't have the power or the, or the money or the influence that a lot of uh, uh, these eastern nabobs about whom you were speaking have. And if they have a right to uh, go on record, for I have a right too. I certainly don't uh, resent uh, some of my colleagues and good friends here in California who are Republicans. And I haven't been a Republican uh, for many, many years, since Wendell Wilkie, I guess. <laughs> the, the, yeah, that's a long time. No, but, but the, uh, my father was a Republican judge of elections for a couple of years. But uh, I don't resent. I you don't think resent. it's all right? I think, I think it's, it's good. Possible. I think it's good. You know, in our community, we, we have a community here. Half of them vote Republican, half Democrat or whatever. And you think that we should all be civic-minded no matter where well, we I are? I refuse to be a second-class citizen. I refuse. I you certainly are not a second-class citizen. Well, that's the point. And our time is up again. Well, what do you know? Could you be with me again tomorrow, Gene? I love it. <laughs> well, wonderful. Thank you. I have been talking to Mr. Gene Kelly, and he has offered to be with us again tomorrow. I hope you'll be listening. Bye now. Hi, this is Lucy. Again today, my guest is Mr. Gene Kelly, who is a producer, director, actor, choreographer, very fine dancer, very good father, very nice husband, 
You better stop, Lucy. <laughs> I, I've got a few more that I could add there. Well, thank you. Thank you for being with me the last few days, Gene. I just have a few more things that I uh, wanted to talk to you about, on a little lighter side, perhaps. Gene, tell me, what is your idea of a great evening? Well, uh, there can be uh, many kinds of great evenings. I, I love to uh, stay at home and read a book one night. I even love to go out to the old movies. Uh, some nights, a television show. Other nights, a group of friends. And the, a lot of fun for me is playing games. Oh, I love to play I games. I love to play games. I, I could sit and play games, word games. I don't care whether it's charades or passwords. I'm with whatever. you. I, I just like to play games. A lot of people uh, don't like that at all. And I never can understand no. why they don't like to play games. No, that that's that's a good not, thing. Not only uh, that it's educational, but it's... Uh, it's just fun. Oh, it's fun. fun. It's fun. Yeah. And, and uh, another good evening is to go to a new restaurant that, that somebody has assured you is a good restaurant and spend about an hour and a half or two hours on some good food. Are you a gourmet? <laughs> yes, I am. I love it. I love to eat. You must know food from all over the world. Yes, I flatter myself I do. I, I think I know good food and good wines. And uh, Can you cook? No, I don't, I'm not. I cook simple things, but I, I can cook a good meal, you know, a roast or a steak. But or, you're not a gourmet cook. No, no. You discovered Leslie Caron, did you not? Yes, yes. I saw her dancing when she was 15. She was dancing in a ballet of David Lachine's in Paris, a ballet called The Sphinx, uh, really Oedipus and the Sphinx. And I went backstage with Eddie Constantine, who, who was not well known then, but Eddie had worked for me here as a singer in, in a choral group at Metro. And he took me back because his wife, who had also danced at Metro in the chorus, was in the ballet. And uh, they said, well, that beautiful girl you wanted to talk to about being in movies is only 15 years old, and, and she's already gone home and gone to bed. She has to get up for school. So two years later, when we were ready to do American Paris, I said, well, I have the girl. So I went, flew to Paris, made a test of her. She was now 17 brought it back, and Metro signed her. And she'd never never acted before. She was marvelous. Yes, yeah, she was superb. She was uh, just just charming and lovely. And I saw her recently in a very fine picture. I can't think of the name of it right now. A very dramatic picture. Oh, uh, the, the L-shaped room. Right. Oh, she was nominated for an Oscar. For yes. Yeah, I was Great. very proud of her performance in that. You should be yeah. very proud of finding talent like that. Do you look for talent always, Gene, as you travel around? Always, yes, and I'm, I'm looking for it now. I mainly try to, uh, if I see young dancers who, who need a recommendation, who I think might break through the terribly strong uh, musical comedy curtain, or whatever you want to call it, and uh, try to get them started. Because that's the, that's the rarest uh, bird of all, the... The song and dance man or the song and dance girl. It was only a few each generation. Is your wife a dancer? Uh, she was a dancer and, uh, as a matter of fact, used to uh, work with me on, on quite a few shows. Oh, what was her name? Jeannie Coyne. You remember her. Of course. You remember Jeannie, sure. Anyway, that's my wife. <laughs> Are you lucky man? Yeah, I sure am. I sure am lucky. And little Bridget. And Bridget, yes. Is Bridget going to be a dancer, perhaps? No, I don't. I don't know. Of course, I, uh, she's too tiny. Yeah, she's too but tiny. I mean... But when I say I don't know, I said it sort of uh, thinking about it. I discourage all young people from dancing. It's such a tough vocation unless they really want to so much. I say don't think you just you can't dance just for fun. You really have to. But really don't you have, have to, to sort train. of start them for fun? Well, sure. And I I'll give my children dancing because I know it's good for them. Mm -hmm. I, I give the boy dancing because I know it trains his muscles and it'll make him a better ball player. Right. And it's good for his reflexes and so forth. Little girls, uh, uh, 
uh, they, they, they can have more fun at it than the little boys. But I think little boys should have it too. You see in America, we need a lot of boys' classes in dancing. Now, I, I taught in Pittsburgh. I had one dancing class every Sunday at a shul. That's a synagogue. Yes. And uh, the Beth Shalom uh, sisterhood ran this dancing class, and I was a teacher. And so I took all the boys out of the dancing class because I knew they hated to come with the girls. Yes. At that age, boys, boys hate girls. And this is even before puberty, you know. Mm -hmm. And I created all-boy dancing classes. And that way, I had hundreds of boys coming there to dancing classes, and they were successful. Because boys like to dance, but they don't like to go out of dancing school and have the next-door neighbor say, eh, that's sissy, you see. Mm -hmm. So if it's all boys, it it's, works out perfectly well. West Side Story, uh, as a film, I suppose, gave a different picture to men dancing around the uh, country. Yes, because all the, all the kids in West Side Story, which, by the way, I thought was a superb picture, all the, all the kids in that were tough kids to begin with, mm -hmm. the fact that they were dancing. Mm -hmm. It's a truism and, and uh, that the best dancing around the world is done either by the very poor people or the very rich people. The middle class people generally are not, are not as good dancers as the poor people, the rich people. It sounds like the um, uh, poorer people dance to forget and the richer people dance to remember. Mm, that that's 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 that would be a good line for the ladies' home journal. But I I think that they dance because they like it, like it, and also. Well, why don't the middle class like it? I'll tell you what I think. I think we don't have enough time to go into detail, but I think that they're inhibited. The middle class, the poor poor class are uninhibited, and the rich cla richer people are uninhibited. The rich have so much money they don't give a darn, and the poor people have nothing, so they have nothing to worry about. So they're uninhibited. Now. Uh, the modern dance, the Watusi, the Frog, and, and so-called social dancing now, where they, the boys and girls never touch, but they make all kinds of sexual passes at each other. This is, a, is uninhibitedly done by the young, you see. And it is but to they, worry and, about. But you can't, if you're over 25, you can't get up the floor and do these dances without getting embarrassed. I, would, I, I get red in the face. As a matter of fact, I won't get up in public and do them. I feel like a fool. But as a matter of they're pretty charming if the kid is 15, 16 years old because they're uninhibited, innocent. Because you figure right. they don't know what they're doing but anyway. But you know I'm going to throw myself <laughs> at you like that baby tonight. You know, I couldn't do it. You know, I could not do it. That's middle age, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Gene, you're delightful. And no, you'll never be middle age. You're just going to skip right over that. And die. <laughs> no, you'll never die. Old dancers never die. No, no, no. you're immortal, darling. They just shuffle off. And you're delightful. And it's time for us to shuffle off. And thank you very much for being a wonderful guest. My pleasure, Luce. Thank you, Gene. I have been talking to Mr. Gene Kelly. I hope you've enjoyed it. Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.